When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise podcast. The It's hot stove time. Oof. Don't don't touch the hot stove. Uh, with me to talk baseball is uh, I forgot completely forgotten your title, MLB senior writer for Bally Sports. That sound right? That's fine. Senior national writer, executive vice president of something. Maybe yeah, not that. I high. can promote you if you want. No, David Brown. David, how are you? I'd take a promotion anytime. I'm good, Andy. Thanks for having me on. So I was thinking about the hot stove and just the term you know baseball because it's so old has all these weird and I, I I've always assumed maybe I even confirmed this at some point that they call it the hot stove because in the winter time back when all you could do to amuse yourself was uh, read a book by the fireplace or talk to your family right uh, you just sit by the stove and uh, dream about baseball is that you, right. you you sit by the stove and you watch Rogers Hornsby look out the window thinking about spring training. And, and honestly, I thought about Rogers Hornsby, and I wondered if if that his famous comp quote, which was what I exactly would paraphrase. You, you paraphrase what he said. I paraphrase. What do you yeah. do all winter? You stare out the window and dream about baseball or whatever. Uh, he, he, I think he self-diagnosed himself with seasonal affective disorder. He's right. It was a cry for help. It was. And you know, and you know what's true. What what's really true about that whole thing? You know what he did during the winter? He he got a job because he he probably worked at something. You know, selling shoes. I don't know. <laughs> I can probably look that up. But he he worked. That's what he did all winter. Damn it! He sold ladies' no hats. Yes. And he'd, he'd wear. He'd try them on. He'd model them for the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> He, yeah, he Ooh, pretend I'm the day to Raja. Like? And they're like, Raja, you don't have to do the voice. Oh no, that's the whole thing. <laughs> what's with the what's with the pearl earrings? Rogers Hornsby. Second greatest second baseman of all time. Right behind bump wheels. Oh. No. Alright, uh so uh peep, I got asked. I got stopped on the street by dozens of people. I'm like, hey, how come you guys didn't do a World Series preview? I was like, you know, it's a lot easier to preview it afterwards. I'm thinking Astros and six. <laughs> Is that how it ended? Yeah, it was. Yeah, they uh, they were down two to one, and then they and then it was over. Yeah. They uh, they just decided we're, we're not going to let this happen. 
we can't let have Dusty uh, go through another year of looking out the window, waiting for spring training for his chance to win a World Series. We're going to get it for him now. And they just gave up about five hits the rest of the World Series after getting up uh, or getting down two to one to the uh, to the Phillies. So the, the Phillies turned into a pumpkin. See, I think I figured out why Dusty didn't hire me to be his bench coach. Because through that whole uh, game four, I would have been over there going, Dusty, do you remember what? Who was the last team to get no hit in the playoffs? Do you <laughs> do, do you remember Dusty? Dusty, yeah. Were you there, Dusty? You were right. You were managing the team that got no hit. Good. That's what I thought. You know the combined no hitter thing. It just doesn't do much for me. Right. It's like yeah, it's great. Well, the Cubs famously in twenty one uh, threw a combined no hitter in. L.A. against the Dodgers. Craig lost, Kimbrell still isn't sure. Then lost 10 games in a row. So it Did just they? Oh, vaulted I them that. to greatness. Oh, yeah, and one of the, the second-to-last game in that streak was the one where they scored seven runs in the first inning against the Brewers with Jake Arrieta pitching, and he had given up the lead before the second inning was over. That was great. Mm. Yeah, that was good stuff. You know, I know it's it's a thing. It's a it's a, obviously a very a, a dominant pitching performance, but... Seems like cheating if you let more than one guy do it. So. Yeah, I don't know. They, uh, we can't uh, say for sure that it wasn't, but there there were no specific allegations brought. I think, I mean, at least in part because this time, because the last time that people brought allegations and hardly anybody was punished. So it's like, well, let's not look into this anymore. What's going to come of it? So, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I guess they weren't really cheating. I mean, I have no idea. No, I didn't think How, they were actually were cheating. We? I, it was more of a, just an expression. It's like, yeah, let, you know, Dusty, you got to leave Dusty of all people. He's taking a pitcher out with a no hitter. They hadn't thrown 140 pitches yet. He was just getting warmed up. That's what I would have said. Dusty, no, it, it only counts as a no hitter. If you leave, you got to leave him in. Dude. Right. Uh, people seem very, very happy for Dusty that he won a World Series. Uh, as a Cub fan, I could really give a shit. Um, <laughs> I, I, probably, I would say about six years ago, I stopped like uh, actively rooting against him getting it. But I also knew that when, if he finally got it, I just wouldn't care. And that's exactly what happened. I was like, man, eh, right. whatever. Go, good job. Uh, I did think it was nice, though, of Dusty, <laughs> for the people who were on the fence. About I don't know should I root for Dusty or not. He just seems like a, he seems like a good guy, but you know he he kind of ruined an entire uh, decade of Cubs baseball by abusing all the young pitchers. Uh, he reminded everybody. Uh, I think it was before Game Three by remind by telling everybody that hey I just talked to Bill Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, Dusty. Uh, yeah. Isn't that neat? Did 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 Bill make you a drink, Dusty? <laughs> don't. Here's a hint. Don't drink it. Um, Can you imagine how, like, uh, how disappointed in Bill Cosby Fat Albert would be, (laughs) ironically enough? I mean, you'd think that alone would have curbed Bill's behavior when it got bad. He's got to be thinking, you know, Fat Albert's watching me now. I should not do this. 
was it Mushmouth? Was that the name of the one that wore the stocking cap that they had to cut? They had to cut the holes in. Yeah, so could see through it. That guy. <laughs> right. I'm sure he. That's exactly what he would have said to Bill. Just kind of put his head no down, slowly it walk. I don't off. know what you're saying, buddy. So you know he's disappointed. You can't understand it, but you know he's disappointed. Rudy would have been okay with it because he's an asshole. <laughs> you got the recipe, boss. Yeah. Where do you get those? Where do you get the pills? I'm just asking for a friend. Now, uh, I know a lot of Cub fans were pulling for the Phillies, not out of this weird. Oh, I want the. <laughs> we're a National League town. We want the National League team to win. No, it's our uh, our large adult son Kyle was playing left field. Right. And we took a shine to uh, Nick Castellanos during his brief time with the team. Uh, we like Nick, and a lot of us. Uh, remember the fact that Bryce Harper really wanted to play for the Cubs. And the Cubs made him a big, fat offer of nothing. So we kind right. of felt like, hey, that could have been, this could have been us. This could, we just kind of adopted them right. as our as our team, and then they, uh, it didn't quite work out. But that's um, uh, pretty incredible run through the playoffs for them. I had been making fun of them because they, they backed into the playoffs. They were playing terribly when the season ended and then um, they only lost one game before they got the World Series and then ran into a much better team I think well no I mean zero weaknesses at least in the bullpen you know sometimes you don't know where you're going to get with Lance McCullers and oddly enough Verlander continues to be weird in the World Series. He was better the, the last time. Yeah, he got his got his first World Series win. You know, there. I mean, you talk about Dusty. There's a guy. I I, I cannot pull for or against or have any feelings about whatsoever. I don't not care that Justin Verlander got his World Series ring. I could not care less. So, but he got it. So. I guess we can stop talking about that. Yeah, I made a, I made a joke, a, a, a pithy joke in the, my uh, newsletter about the top twenty uh, major league baseball free agents, about Verlander. He was one of them, and about how he, he wants to stick around to try to win three hundred games. And he's got two. Is he a free agent again? Yeah, he's got two hundred and forty-four career wins, two forty-five if you include his nine World Series starts. <laughs> Yeah, that's a long way. That's uh, that's fifty five wins if my math is right, and so he's looking at, uh, I mean, minimum of three years with a lot of wins each time. So and he's I don't think forty. So. Yeah, the Tommy John kind of dis- disabled that. Oh, okay. and he doesn't. I mean, he doesn't need it. He's a obviously a Hall of Famer. One of the best pitchers of his generation. Blah, blah, blah. He doesn't need 300 wins. Maybe he needs the money. I suppose. Yeah. I mean, Kate up and running up the bills. <laughs> Does she even work anymore? Come on, Kate. Pull, try to pull your weight. He can borrow money from his brother and his exciting... Right. Whatever it is that his brother does. That's just the weirdest thing. It's like... If he was, you know, maybe a little more talented, 
I could see why they were so they'd be interested in sending him to Asia and so he could be the voice of the Japanese people over here on the side of the world, as he said. It's stuff that doesn't make any sense at all. It's like what how do you come to these conclusions in the first place? Much less tell us. That's my big worry is that the Cubs will uh sign Justin. And then yeah. hire Ben to work on Marquee. <laughs> right. And we'll get stuck with that. That'll be great. Um, and I am I. I think there's a pretty good chance that they will sign Kevin Kiermeyer because his brother Dan is their head groundskeeper. That's wild. And so you know, I'm sure Kevin knows how to. He could show him how to run the mower. <laughs> right. Now, is it legal? Um, <laughs> they just have Ross asking the ump before you. Now, it's, we'd like our center fielder to actually play center on the mower. Um, <laughs> is that legal? You know, we didn't get a chance. It, was, it rained. We didn't get a chance to mow the grass, so we thought we could do it during the game. We're already paying him. We figured we might as well have him mow. No, he can't do that. No, that's right. They used to leave their gloves in the field, so why can't you leave a giant lawnmower? <laughs> just leave your glove out there, and Kevin Kiermaier runs over it with a lawnmower. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. And Kiermaier, with his injury luck, he'd probably run over the lawnmower. He'd forget, he'd forget the target <laughs> out there. Like Mad Men, he loses a foot. Right. <laughs> One of the great Mad Men scenes of all time. He's driving a lawn, driving a riding lawnmower on the 50th floor of whatever building it was and running over the guy's foot with it. That was great. Spoiler alert! Sorry, do you have to give spoiler alerts for... 12-year-old TV shows? Probably. You probably still do. Um, the, uh, you know that Jordan Alvarez? He's kind of good. He is good. Yeah. He's got, uh, he's got big power. He's got big poppy. He's got, uh, a good batting eye. And his even his uh, defensive statistics this year were much better than they were last year when they were terrible. This year they weren't bad. So he's, you know, a complete uh, – and this is the, with the DH. The Astros don't have to put him out in left field, but they do anyway. And uh, he, he was good enough out there. He's he's great. They uh, – he's not – he's like 25. Something like that. Right. He seems older, but he yeah. He looks like he's 35. Right. There's just something about him. And they were going on about how it's only his fifth year or whatever. <laughs> like, oh, God. <laughs> he's good. We got another 12 years of this. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was a, a relatively entertaining World Series. A um, couple of great games. And then, like you said, once we got to game four, the Astros kind of said, all right, that's enough of this shit. I'm just going to win the World Series now. Um, but the best thing about the World Series is the minute it ends, all the fun stuff happens. You get your, you get the, the offseason. And um, the Cubs, as a lot of our listeners are Cub fans, uh, are going to do some intelligent spending this offseason. That's what Jed, Jed told us. They're going to do some intelligent spending, unlike <laughs> what they've been doing. <laughs> it's like if you'd like to know, we're completely going 180. We're going to intelligently spend this year. 
got he does kind of open himself up for well jed what was that stuff be- from before then jason hayward so forth um i don't know what was the other guy but he was there too well yeah it was funny too the general man general managers meetings maybe are they still going on uh today maybe maybe this is the last day i think because scott boris was holding court again today oh, of course he found a ficus to stand in front of and Try out all his cool. Charlie Ficus, former uh, Sting <laughs> midfielder. <laughs> Try out all his his cool puns that he's been working on for. <laughs> oh man, some of them. He famously, right, when he goes into a free agent negotiation, has a binder of hundreds of pages of stats and facts and whatever. I just imagine that he's got a binder just of bad puns for the right. offseason that he's been working. He on. said, uh, "Future Cubs uh, starter Taiwan Walker." It was just a matter of, with Taiwan, it was just a matter of who was willing to pay. Oh. God. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been in one of those Boris gaggles? I have. I have memories of it. Mostly it was, it's, there's so many reporters that, I want to say it was in San Diego. Uh, and we were gathered around a, a, an escalator, which makes it hard from certain angles to get near him. And then it's like, am I close enough? Can I hear the puns? You know, the, or the uh, the grocery store references that he used to do about the Mets. You know, we're shopping in the sirloin section. Or I don't know. Um, so it's really those things are uh, much better that someone else is in the scrum and can report from them actually rather than being in them yourself. Well, is so. there a lot of uh, like uncomfortable uh, fake laughter? Oh yeah, yeah. There's yeah. Because Ryan Dempster, to me, is a great example of someone who was uh, baseball funny, but not not actual funny. Mm-hmm. He would say <laughs> things he thought were funny to sports writers who would humor him with, <laughs> and he's like, right. Jesus, I am slaying. Holy crap, I am the funniest guy ever. I'm going to take this act on the road. It's like, no, they're just humoring you, dumbass. They want to hear you common. again someday. So they're just going <laughs> to... They're tittering. I would say that, that is a common um, truism inside a major league clubhouse that it's like when anybody says anything mildly interesting or different or whatever, you do chuckle and laugh just to, you know, hope to, hoping to goad some more personality out of them. Like, we're on the verge of maybe a good quote here or something. And, you know, but you're right. In the, in the real world, you know, like up on a or on a comedy stage, you know, you'd be getting a light or a hook or something. All right, that's enough. Get out. So. No, he instead uh, Ryan gets a whole hour at the Cub Convention to host a fake talk show on set. They and they, they so the, the Cub Convention is coming back this year after a couple year hiatus, right. and they sent all of us uh, emails to get us excited because I think it was today I forgot to do it today you could buy your uh, your tickets and your hotel packages to the Cub Convention these are the three things li- literally these are the three things they promoted Cubs bingo <laughs> chance to get player autographs and off the mound with Ryan Dempster mm. that's it's like holy shit why is anybody going to this thing Anyway. You going? No, no. I retired okay. from the convention. 
So I went, I'd go, I went with Dad a few times. Um, it's one of those things you go a couple of times and you realize it's going to be the same thing every time. Um, the most fun was, it used to be at the Hilton and Towers, and um, the most fun was, the especially the Friday night, sometimes maybe even the Saturday. Well, it was the Friday night. Um, in the bar at the Shitty O'Kays, or Kitty O'Shays, whatever it's called. Um, <laughs> you'd be in there and all of a sudden, like, old players would just show up and you know, they're drunk and they're ready to talk and uh, that part was fun the rest of it was eh. like every bad convention you've ever been to except with yeah. um, a lot of people from Iowa wearing sweatpants <laughs> and riding the elevator just because they'd never seen one they'd never been on an elevator that wasn't that wasn't taking grain up to be dried. <laughs> so they were just very excited. And just go up up and down. You gotta get off the elevator once in a while, guys. You can't No, it's it's not it's, it's not an amusement park ride. It's it's a mode of transport. But the uh, the Cubs have trimmed their payroll down to almost nothing by giving away uh, all of their serviceable players. So now time to go out and make a big splash in free agency and they were um, more than happy to let um, writers uh, perpetuate rumors that they were going to be serious contenders for um, the f- one of the four big shortstops but I wanted to get your take on this are there four or are there three and Dansby Swanson yeah yeah, Bogarts and uh, Correa and Trey Turner are have a, a much longer track record of being great than Dansby Swanson. Dansby Swanson's track record is like the playoffs last year and and this season. And um, you know, before that, kind of mediocre. He's got good hair. Maybe better than mediocre, but not. It, it, I mean, he ain't no Xander Bogarts, but. Maybe some guys just take a little bit longer. But, I mean, I wouldn't count on him being as great as those guys. No. no. Struck out 182 times this year. That's, that's a lot. That's what you're into. Um, so then today on The Athletic, Patrick Mooney and Sahid of Sharma had a, took two people to write this, um, that the Cubs uh, don't expect him to make a long-term offer to any of the three shortstop. Okay, well then, you, so you don't really want any of them. Then you just want to uh, tell me we tr- we tried to get them, we just couldn't come to terms because they wanted eight year contracts and we offered uh, six weeks. Did they uh, did they think that Correa was going to do that again after doing it last year with the Twins? Is that well? It sounds like the Cubs are, are don't want to go more than six years. So they're not. It's not like they want one or two year deals, but they want. Um, they don't want to go. For, they want to go. They want to get a guy for five or six, which I would guess immediately takes them out of the Correa thing. So yeah, I, I, he probably wants ten years and thirty some million dollars. He wants his big payday. He um, he loaned himself out to the Twins for a year. Got a nice chunk of change, and now will not have a qualifying offer attached to him because they agreed not to do that. So, I think that, I mean, obviously that 
increases the number of bidders, people who won't lose a precious draft pick by signing you. Um, so in my rankings, and I used a highly scientific formula, uh, I ranked Carlos as the best free agent. Uh, and not uh, Aaron Judge. At him number two. Yeah. Because he's a little older. And he's an outfielder. So that's a short side. Right. Um, but I talked myself into it. I made some recommendations. I made some guesses as to who I thought the Cubs might sign. And I... Uh, came up with a scenario in my head, which is always a dangerous place to be, that they would start with by making Carlos an offer that he and Scott would laugh at, and they would talk themselves into Xander, who I, I think is just a really good hitter. I would love to have Xander Bogarts on my baseball team. But then I, I, I wondered, if the idea is you're going to sign one of these guys, and you're going to let him play shortstop until he can't, and then you're going to... S- slip little Nico Horner over there to short and have this guy get a new position. If you sign Xander Bogart, shouldn't you just put him at third right away? I'm not sure what he wants as far as that goes. I mean, the Red Sox couldn't do that because they had Devers over at third. Yeah, their other good player was at third. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they could have put him at second, I guess, but then they got Trevor Story. I don't know. Who should have played short, probably in Bogart's second, but they maybe they entertain thoughts of wanting Bogart's to come back, so they're like, "All right, we won't make you play second, which would lessen your free agent currency." Uh, you know, I don't know. I'll, who knows what they were thinking about there? But yeah, I think Bogart's is kind of a, a weaker shortstop by a lot than. Uh, Correa or even Turner. Yeah. And not as good defensively as Swanson. That's why I thought I'd just put him at third. Uh, obviously, you do what it takes to sign him. So if you have to promise him he's going to be your shortstop, you make him your shortstop. And then someday, unbeknownst to him, you just put a five next to his name in the lineup and see if he figures out where he has to go line up instead. Well, him not playing third, though, or playing third instead of short, Maybe going back to that, you know, why the Red Sox wouldn't move his position. You know, how much money then do you want to devote to your third baseman as opposed to your shortstop, even if it makes more sense that he plays third? So, I don't know. No, that's a good point. I would pay him whatever it took to sign him. Basically. I mean, I agree with that. I mean, if you have to I pay him like too. a shortstop to play him at third, I would pay him like a shortstop to play him at third. Yeah. But I'm sure we'll end up with is Mike Freeman a short a free agent again. I think I was bringing Mike Freeman back. Yeah, the writer Mike Freeman from USA Today. Right, yeah, not even the former slappy middle infielder the guy who wrote the the first book on ESPN. Um, so Judge, do you think do you think Aaron Judge is gonna is going to be anything but a Yankee next year? I think it's possible the Giants could sign him. I think the Giants will offer him more or less whatever he wants. Yeah, Farhan basically said that. Yes. A team that has been, you know, they've kind of 
they they built obviously they built a 107 win team last year around kind of reclamation projects and um, and they had always indicated that when the right free agent came they would spend they just hadn't found it yet they weren't going to spend a lot of money on guys that they didn't think could do that I actually think you know I don't, I don't know that if I were putting it in print would I say that the Giants should be the favorite maybe not but the Yankees just have you know I think they have a chicken switch on these long contracts I mean um, you know, you talk about a team that could infor- uh, afford to overinvest yeah. in Judge, even though he is 31, and all those other reasons uh, for not giving him. I mean, they could they could afford to pay him a little, a little extra than they should, quote unquote. Um, because I, you know, their offense is not great without him, and if you don't sign Aaron Judge. And you got to make a whole bunch of other moves, and I'm not sure what those moves are, unless you overpay somebody else. So, um, I think they were like, it, my math might have been off, but uh, they wanted to pay him something like, I mean, the contract was shorter, but it was like a 20% difference. I think he wanted 20% more than the, the Yankees were willing to give, you know, and over the full life of the contract. I think the Yankees should pay that, and they shouldn't bitch about it. Yeah. I mean that they've been financially reasonable and uh, restrained long enough. You know, they... that was a seven-year offer, I think. Yeah, they were gonna they were gonna tack it on to his contract from last year, so they would have basically had him for they would have had it for eight years. He's he's 31 now, but at 30, maybe even 30, maybe he's already 31. He played uh, a more than serviceable center field. Yeah. So you play him there for two years, then he goes to right for a few years, and then you have a thing called the designated hitter. You're always going to have a still have a, a thing called Mike Stanton too, Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah, that's the thing for a team that's un, that's hesitant to sign guys to long contracts. They trade for guys with long right. contracts. If it's better as long as some other team did the negotiating, <laughs> then they'll take it. And so the giant the giant connection for Judge is that he's from Northern California, Central California. Went to Fresno State. Right. So they, it worked with Jack Peterson. Why wouldn't right. it, why wouldn't it work with Aaron Judge? I'll just I'll I'll go on the record here and say, yeah, I think the Giants are going to do it because I think the Yankees are chicken to right. do it. Good, I like that. Bold prediction. Number three, I have Trey Turner. Now it seems like the Dodgers have basically thanked him for his services. Yeah, I mean they you know they signed Freddie last year. That was a signing, right? That wasn't yep. a trade. It was sort of a trade because they. No, that's not right. No. I'm thinking of the Braves getting rid of Olson. Yep. So I'm. Yeah, as my, the before mind. he before he signed with the Dodgers, the Braves basically said, "Oh, we got your replacement. So good luck. Go find somebody." I don't know why the Dodgers wouldn't want to bring back. See, the Dodgers, they they. Uh... 
they, they have a lot of depth, obviously, and they're probably going to win 100 games again. But, you know, they had they had too many role players who were hurt and they weren't replaced. It's like, you know, I, I get the feeling they'd rather exercise Justin Turner's option and, you know, cheap it out with uh, with Turner, with Trey Turner. And I, I think that's a that's backward thinking. I think the Dodgers can obviously afford to pay a premium for a great player, you know, unless they, they're talking about bringing in Correa. I don't know if that's been a rumor or not. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that would I guess that would make sense if the idea is we'll just get one of the we'll get a younger version. But obviously, Correa's going to cost more than Turner. Yeah, he will. He will. He's two years younger, but yeah, because yeah, Turner, like if I were a GM, I would look at him as a guy who could play shortstop for the first half of the contract and then would be my second baseman for the second half of the contract. So right. it's not like he'd be ever be unplayable. And a lot of his game is wrapped up in how fast he is, but not all of it. You could still see that he he looks like a guy who will just be good. To some degree of good as he gets older instead of, oh, shit, now he's useless. I think, um, you know, there have been studies. I remember Bill James used to study speed and how it would decline and uh, it, t- it tended to be that used to happen in bigger players the smaller guys stay fast easier than the bigger players and you know Joe Carter for some reason is coming to mind he's like oh I predict this guy's not going to run anymore in two and two years and that's how you know that's how it happened I don't know it's kind of an anecdotal evidence but so uh, I guess what I'm saying is in five years, Trey Turner could still be fast enough. So. Well, the Cubs signed Willie Wilson when he was like 40 and he was still fast. Right. They well, got all, Davey all Lopes when he was like 45 and he stole 45 <laughs> bases for him. So, Right. I agree with Bill. Don't you wonder when Bill was like really noodling on this stuff, um, what kind of stuff ended up in the canned baked beans? While he wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> Quality control over there at the plant might have suffered a little while Bill was busy pondering the speed of guys who were five seven or shorter. <laughs> Bill, did you see Murray's thumb? What? <laughs> so I had Xander fifth. One of the reasons I like, well, two things. Number one, I've learned how to spell his last name. I, feel, I put the work in, and I want to be able to, I want to have to use it. Right. And I just think Xander's a cool name. It is. I'm a big believer in things like that. And, like, um, I think there are players who would be better players with better numbers. And I mean, I don't mean stats. I mean physically the number that they pick. Like when uh, Clint Jackson Frazier kept 77 with the Cubs. Like, nope. Nope, it's not going to work. That's That mm. looks awful. <laughs> you, you, nobody, nobody wearing 77 is ever going to hit. Same thing with guys with cool names. I just think they have a better chance. I think they maybe they have a little more self-confidence because uh, everybody's always like, oh, that's a cool name. You got an X in it. He speaks like four or five languages. You know, he, I have a hard time with English, but he's he got... Dutch? Yeah, well, he, you know, Dutch uh, colony. I uh, was like the uh, World Baseball Classic. Well, he, he'll be playing for the Netherlands <laughs> in the World right. Baseball Classic. He's from. Is he from? 
And he's not from Curacao, is he? I think he is. Oh, that's, that's such a cool... See, another thing. Curacao is a cool-sounding country. Oh, he's got well, it's all. got one of those... It's got a letter. He's from Aruba. Oh, he is from Aruba. I'm sorry. He's from Aruba. Mm. Well, that's not that cool. He went to Colegio Arubano High School in Orangistan. Ooh, that sounds like... Um, more like... Um, Orangistad sounds like Afghanistan. Aruba. I was going to look up Curacao because it's got that cool C in it, but Aruba doesn't have any cool letters. And is it pronounced Xander or Xander? I think it's Xander. I've never heard Xander. Yeah. What's with the X? If you're just going to. Yeah, his, his, uh, his Instagram is the X Man 2. Hmm. So there you go. He is a knight too. Oh, like Sid, been, like uh, Sidney Ponson. Right, same oh. group. All right. He speaks four languages. I was I thought it might be five, but English, Spanish, Dutch, and uh, Papa Miento. Oh yeah. Is uh, Papia Papia yeah. That could come in handy if the Cubs if the Cubs sign somebody who only speaks Papa Miento. Right. And Xander can be the translator. Like having two jobs, right? Uh, speaking of the Giants, which we were a little bit ago, Carlos Rodon. Um, so my my thoughts about Carlos was he was really good this year, like very impressive. As he had like, uh, so he's been good for two years now. But that's kind of it. Yeah, but they're the two most recent years. So yes. that's better than being good five years ago. Right. I just wonder if uh, his injury history will scare off teams from giving him a long You're sounding deal. a lot like Rick Hahn right now. I know. The Which fact that the White Sox wants. were afraid to give him the qualifying offer was just ridiculous to me. I mean, it you know it doesn't make any sense. It is it is ridiculous. Ridiculous is a word that we overuse, but I think it is appropriate in this in this uh, instance. There's no reason they. Sh- I mean, what a terrible move! Yeah, they obviously could have used him. They obviously could have used the. I'm like I remember thinking, did they do that as a favor? to him to not give him a qualifying offer so he'd get a bigger offer because that was the only way it made sense to me it was like we appreciate what you've done for the team so we're going to give you this little parting gift I don't know that's the only reason and I don't think that's the case that's that's not a good way to do business but no it's it's a terrible way to do business but it is you know Reinsdorf is a weird weird um, you know his his friends and his acquaintances he's just he's weird in that way so maybe i mean it, it's not good it doesn't make sense but maybe that is the explanation but i don't think that's what it was i think they just screwed up so the giants signed him they get signed him a two-year 44 million dollar contract where if he pitched 110 innings then he could opt out of the second year of the deal which was you know it's they basically said all right we'll have a really good pitcher for a year if we for some reason, aren't contending at the deadline. We could trade him. If we are, we pitch him for the whole season. 
and then we let him go and we get a draft pick for him and if he gets hurt then we rehab him and we have him for 23 so they kind of hedged all their bets and they were still I mean everybody was in the race at the all-star break in the National League with the seven playoff spots so they kept him and then they it was not him. Carlos Rodon's fault that they weren't no. I mean he did yes he did his part um he pitched very well for them they hung on to him and now they're going to get a pick and bid him adieu um he was the guy that it would have made a lot of sense for the for the Cubs to have signed last year and given him basically the exact same deal. Right. You know, this there there are a lot of ways you can use money and that's one of them. You go sign an asset and maybe even if their plan was that we're going to trade him at the deadline. And you know, it's okay. They had it they had uh they had Wade Miley pitched three times for him. So that worked out great. Well, he throws with his left hand, so he's like Rodon in that sense. Exactly. I think uh, you know the, he could go back to the Giants, Rodon. The, the Cubs, if they are in really opening up the pocketbook, that could be a place. Unfortunately, the Cardinals make a lot of sense yeah. for Rodon. And the Rangers, I think those are maybe the four places where he is most likely to go. Oh, I skipped a guy. I got so excited. I went from Trey Turner to Xander Bogarts. The guy I think that a lot of people have, have Jacob DeGrom. Um, now, I mean, I think he he's as, he's scarier. He's, the injuries the last couple of years are scarier, and he's five years older. How, how old is Radon? He's not, he's not that old, is he? No, he's not even 30, I don't think. I, I don't think so either. Radon's or a... Uh, uh, Degrom is thirty-five, which that happened fast. But Rodon will be—he'll uh, turn thirty on December tenth. Okay. So yeah, he's almost—he's almost, he's almost six years. years younger than Degrom. Right. Um, but you're seeing a lot of, and it would make more sense for the Rangers to go after Rodon. You're seeing a lot of people connecting the dots and thinking that the Rangers will make a big offer for Degrom. Right. Well, you know, last year they spent or they allocated. $500 million for Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon and John Gray and those guys. Yep. And uh, one, I think, went from 60 wins to 68. But just they were another they were better. They were probably better than that. Now they got Bochi. Yep. So. Although he's not cheap because um, you got to get the big hats. Yes. I mean, Bochi's like an eight and a half. Yeah, so he's those, at least a, that's not they don't stock those. Those are special order hats you gotta get. So you gotta <laughs> you gotta factor that in. But uh, yeah, they probably have some money for free agents. Um, I mean, Degrom, it's the obviously when he's healthy, he's incredible. But injured pitchers don't get healthier. He's got a faulty scapula or something. He's got like a scapula deficiency. It's just scary sounding. I mean, it's better than an elbow injury, but still, I don't like it. So I'd give him about like two years and a hundred million, you know, like Max Scherzer kind of a very short leash. What if you told him you'll give him two million dollars a start? 
That's very uh, wow. Could be sixty million dollars. Yeah, that's and great. Honestly, or if seventy. He, if he would give, if he would make that many starts, he would probably come close to being worth it. And then when he's on the DL, you're like, is that costing us a penny? Seems like a Charlie Finley. Offer. Yeah, that's a, that is almost like a Charlie Finley sort of stunt. Yeah. Why didn't he think of that actually? He probably oh. did. Now, one of the things him and Bowie Kuhn had to argue over. <laughs> yes. Then we get to Verlander. No, you cannot sell Vita Blood Vita Blue's blood plasma. <laughs> Yeah, he's 40, 244 career wins, wants to get to uh, 300. Uh, cut Tommy John disease two years ago and had it at 1.75 ERA this year. Seems pretty good. And 175 ERA in the World Series. Yes. Just move that decimal over a little bit. To the right. Point. So in 2017, uh, the Cubs in defense of their World Series, had traded for uh, Jose Quintana. But at the deadline, they were looking for more pitching. And they talked to the Tigers, and they almost had a deal for Verlander, right, as the deadline went. And then they decided they would keep talking during the waiver period. And this is the thing I never understood. The Cubs were were interested. If they got Verlander, they they knew they were going to have to pay his whole salary. They didn't claim him. Nobody claimed him. He made it through waivers. Which then meant they were bidding against other teams, and the Astros made a better offer, and they got him. Whoops. That just never made any sense to me. I mean, were they really that worried that the Tigers would be like, you know what, keep him, take him? I'd have been like, all right, we don't have to give up, we don't have to part with a prospect. They didn't do it. So since that since that trade deadline, uh, Justin Verlander, 61 and 19 with a 226 ERA. <laughs> Cubs got Cole Hamels, and he pitched really well for them. Mm. And then they picked up his option, and then he got hurt because oh. that's what he did. So. He had the uh, he made the Jeff Blauser impression by pitching the no hitter. Yes, but Jeff Blauser used to hit really well at Wrigley Field, and the Cubs didn't put it together that. That that's because the Cubs were pitching. <laughs> they should have tried that though. Just ask it. Could one of our guys pitch to Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> we'll try to get him out. We promise, but we probably won't. Yeah, like coach pitch, like first, second grade coach pitch. That um, the Cole Hamels no hitter in 2015 against the Cubs, the one that Odubel Herrera. Uh, almost botched, and then made right. a, and then made up for it. It's uh, not the. It's not exactly the Dwayne Wise catch in the Mark Burley <laughs> perfect game. Uh, he misjudged it, went back too far, had to dive forward. So Chris Bryant hit it. it; would have been a triple if he hadn't hung on to it. Um, made the catch. That was a no hitter. Uh, the Cubs, I think, lost the next day, and then they played. Uh, they played the Rockies. And blew a big lead. And we're all like, oh, God, here it is. The wheels have fallen off the Cubs. And Chris Bryant hit a game-winning home run in the bottom of the ninth. And I believe I used to remember this off the top of my head. I believe the Cubs went 45-14 and 14 after that. That sounds right. So the Cole Hamels no-hitter was actually just the 
It took a day, but it was the impetus for their hot finish and uh, led them to uh, knock off the finish third in the Central, make the playoffs, and beat the second-place team and the first-place team in the playoffs. So what do you think about Wilson Contreras? Well, I've said before, I think, you didn't like this, that he makes sense for the Cardinals. But the Cardinals have been, I've been reading Derek Gould's stories in the post-dispatch, and it's it's all not bargain basement, but cheaper alternatives. So, like Christian Vasquez, who might actually be bargain basement at this point. but um, So I haven't heard that, at least from there, that he's going there but he's been um, he's been linked to the tigers i saw that yeah where him and javi could team up maybe the tigers will just slowly reassemble the 2016 cubs <laughs> get it all put together in like 2026 and be like oh they're Is all there cool. somebody else there's javi and there's was there another guy or maybe i'm thinking of like drew smiley in reverse but and he wasn't on the i don't, no. I don't know I don't think I don't think Spencer Torkelson was on the 2016 Cubs. Was he? Uh, you're right. He wasn't. I just like to say Spencer Torkelson. <laughs> He's going to come back big. The Tigers are going to bring in the wall, the fences at uh, Comerica, so people can actually hit home runs. So, as bad as they were, there was something about that place that made them even worse hitting. So they, they've brought in the fences before, and I think they're going to do it again. So maybe that will entice that and money will entice Wilson to uh, to join AJ Hinch. Uh, Most of money, I think. I would say, but um, yeah, bringing in the walls at uh, Comerica will, will be it'll be perfect for Javi um, because I, I'm sure he'll cut his swing down. <laughs> be like, you know what? I don't have to hit it as hard. I'll just I'll just take a nice level swing. I won't swing from my ass. It'll be no, it'll be the opposite. It'll be ah, look how much easier it's gonna be. <laughs> right, whiff, whiff, whiff. And I st- I still miss him. It doesn't matter. And then Torkelson will put uh, torque on the swing and mm-hmm. hit some torque shots. <clears throat> what do you know about Kodai Singa? I think he's uh, he's got four or five or seven pitches and. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it's against the rules for everybody to have been talking to him, but I think teams have already been talking to him even does, before free agency started. So does he have a gyro <laughs> ball? I, I don't know if he's got the best gyro ball, but yeah, he's, I just want I want a guy with a gyro ball, right? Um, yeah, he it's, he could throw uh, throw over 100 miles an hour, right? Occasionally throws strikes, which is good. But apparently, and I'm not, you know, I don't spend a lot of time watching the Nippon Baseball League, but uh, uh, apparently much better control the last two years to the point where teams are more confident that you'll get him and you won't have to just turn him into, uh, to be like, oh, shit, he can't really be a starter. We're going to have to just put him at the back end of the bullpen and hope. As with Rodon, the last two years are the most important two years. So that's good. It's It's not like he had good control five years ago and then it went away so that's that's my scouting report I think he makes sense for the Cubs for the one reason that uh, they wouldn't have to hire an interpreter he can just borrow Sayas 
Right. Two That's for a one. twofer. It's a twofer. Tom, think about all the money you're going to save. I think you, you've made the uh, the case right there. And it would be, you know, I'm say it would be less lonely. I think it makes. I I I think there's genuine interest there, and it would not surprise me if that's the big pitcher acquisition that could yeah. make is him. Uh, and then we know last year that you know all you got to do is you take the you bring the Japanese player over, and him and Jed and Tom sit down in some Scottsdale <laughs> reference, maybe maybe the Pink Taco in uh, Scottsdale. Yeah. And Tom turns on his his magnetic charm, and deal done. So that'll be fun. Did you see Ted Cruz get hit with a beer at the parade? <laughs> I'm wondering. Why was Tom he in the parade? Does Tom catch the beer? I think he might. Uh, yeah, Tom would have caught it, uh, shotgunned it, <laughs> taking his shirt off. Put it back on. Put it back on. <laughs> Why was Ted in the parade? That's a great question, of course. Because uh, he went to some games, and you could see him on TV from his seat. See him cheering when... Um, yes. Oh, wrong it? guy. Yeah, Nestor Cortez. He got so caught up in all the fans going nuts, he started cheering for the Yankees. Yeah. Right. Ah, uh, what a guy. I know how to baseball. Doggone it. Why did I do that? So, What do you think of Brandon Nimmo? Politically, like Ted Cruz. Um, but a, an underrated player, generally speaking, he's not a big power hitter, but he'd make a great leadoff guy. Uh, you know, if you don't have a Kyle Schwarber type at the top of the order, um, and usually pretty good on defense. I'm not sure of his uh, of his Trey Turner dimensions. So when does he lose his speed? Not sure. You know, I don't. He's not a big base stealer, but for defensive purposes, so. It's a guy who can play center, and those guys don't grow on vines. So, so now the uh, the the Cubs are looking for somebody to t- take center field for at least a couple of years, while yeah. the great Pete Crow Armstrong works his way up through the yes before he becomes a a, a fourteen time All Star for the Cubs. It's going to take that long to put all the letters on his jersey. Yeah, that's yeah, why that's it's right. they've, they've started sewing, and it's it's not going well. Smoke coming out of that thing, and it's. <laughs> Um, Sister Terry on the machine. Actually, they've just been telling Pete, Happy. Pete, you've got to bulk up because we can't, at your current size, we can't fit your name on the back of the Right. Show. You've got to get bigger. It's too billowy. You know, you can't see all the letters. <laughs> it's the P, the the C and the G are in the armpits. Right. It's awful. And forget about the hyphen. Just forget it. No, no idea what that look, what that is. That would be, I, I saw, I, I, I could have been, I don't know if it was a journalist saying Nimmo made sense for the White Sox as well for right field. I mean, certainly anybody that can catch the ball, yeah. the White Sox could use right. in the outfield. So, um, but yeah, he would. Uh, he and uh, uh, I, his, his name is not Saya. Saya is on the team. Cody would uh, that would be a nice haul for the Cubs this off season. Uh, I mean, not. We're not talking about the like the two, and they. And they oh, still need you know anymore. what that would be, Dave. Oh, stop. That would be intel- intelligence spending. That's what that <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, I, and so I, 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 as I stutter through this, 
yeah, Nemo clearly could play if it really turned out that Pete was good and Pete made it up. Then Nemo could play a corner. Or, my thought, I'm using my galaxy brain, because he's not going to want to sign a two-year deal. Although he's not going to demand, he's not going to get more than three or four, probably. He's Brandon Nemo, for God's sakes. Right. But given his injury history, at some point he will run into the bricks and uh, yeah. most likely cause some sort of severe, some sort of really bad injury, catastrophic injury, and then insurance will pay for the rest of his contract. Right. Eh, look at that. Like the guy in the natural that ran yeah, into the wall died, and died. And dies. All right, guys, we got to call Pete up. Why is it? Uh, Brandon's dead. Oh, all right. Fine. And they have the funeral in the outfield. I mean. Or as they just wore their uniforms. I forget. I don't remember that part of the movie. But I don't think they. I think that was just a, like the moment of silence. Mm. I don't think they had the funeral. They didn't actually outfield. bury him right there in the. That I mean, could be. That would be a, like a 30s baseball thing to do. That's where Tals, Tals Hill is actually a mass grave. <laughs> uh, then I had Clayton Kershaw, but I literally wrote, who gives a shit? He's not leaving the Dodgers. Other than, you know, I wrote, I remember writing last year. Could oh, be the Rangers. He went to the Rangers. Yeah. <clears throat> That's the only place I could see him going. Yeah. I just think at this point... I mean, why screw up the Hall of Fame plaque with the with an mm. extra team? Just stay. It's very concise no. the way it, it is now. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. It seemed like that was the Greg Maddox move when he came back to the Cubs. He's like, it's already, they're already on the plaque, but then he pitched for the Dodgers and the Padres, so it screwed up. Right. Then I had Dansby. He was my 12th highest rated free agent. He's got a career on base of 321. Struck out 182 times last year. It's good 321 is like yesterday's 340, though. So it's not bad these days. Yeah. All right. Uh, is it 52 homers the last two years? Not each. <laughs> yeah. Now that, he would be worth a lot if he did that. That's that's George Foster territory, fifty-two homers. Then a couple of uh, of uh, aging first basemen with Chicago connections: Anthony Rizzo and Jose Abreu. A lot of Cub fans on Twitter just really pushing Abreu. I think it's a great idea. I really like the idea of getting the guy who says he's thirty-six when he's most likely forty, um, and plays first base like he's chained to it. <laughs> the one thing I, they, they have in common that I think is as an observer of, well, mostly of Rizzo, but I, um, they're both at that point of their career where in order to hit a fastball, they basically just have to sit fastball and cheat on it all the time. Yeah. Um, and it, it, Jose's better at that than Rizzo is. He hit over 300 this year. But I just the Rizzo thing to me doesn't make any doesn't work because it's a that's a short term play. It's a one or two year deal where he fills in at it's first. It's too short, and then you're yeah. just saying goodbye to him again. You're putting your you're putting the fans through the trauma again of right. one of their all time favorite players. Like no, no no we're 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 trading him again. What? 
Uh, and then the Abreu thing, I feel like some of that is just a big F you to the White Sox. Like, ha ha ha, we signed a guy you like. It's The Cubs shouldn't give a shit about the White Sox. Not even enough to want to taunt them. They should feel like you do about them. Yes, I forget they're there most of the time. Abreu, though, he's got a pretty good uh, City Series Crosstown Classic. Yeah, well, it's the Jeff Blauser thing. Where it's a Jeff Blauser thing. And in Eloy, same thing. They both homer every time they play the Cubs. (laughs) Yeah, right. And I don't mean every series. I mean every game. They homer in every game against the Cubs. Right. But if you acquire them, they they are no longer batting against the Cubs. Right. So I, I don't think it works. I I see Rizzo going back to the Yankees, especially because they're going to need players. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean he didn't opt out because he didn't want to be there. He opted out because he wants more than one year. Right. You know, he doesn't want to do this one or two years at a time thing. Like he's thirty three. Give me a three-year contract so I have a little certainty, and we'll be right. I, as much as I like him, I wouldn't sign him for three years. He's not. He's had a bad back forever. Right. Those don't get better. Um, the thing I think and it's that, not like we can we can count on the Cubs being like the Yankees that they're going to be in the playoffs these next three years for sure. It makes more sense for a team like them that you figure they're going to be there. But again, that all depends on what else the Cubs bring in. So, yeah, I mean the one the, the Cubs it was pretty glaring how much when you replace him with Frank Schwindel is just immediately how much you miss his defense. Right. Because you took one of the best defensive first basemen and you traded him out for the literally the worst. Just a guy with a freaking cast iron skillet for a glove. Um, I had a reader who made a suggestion that I thought was pretty good for if the Cubs need to say a one-year stopgap at first. Uh, you just sign Trey Mancini. Hmm. I mean, he uh, did he play himself into a one-year contract with the with postseason his, with his one hit in the World Series and right. and the line drive he caught because he tripped over the bag and the ball landed in his glove. <laughs> I think he did. He was hugging the line there. Everybody loves Trey. He's a hell of a guy. Um, he he's not he's not a terrible first baseman, and in a pinch he can stand out in the, one of the outfield spots and jog after balls. Right. Um, yeah, on a short term deal, I think he'd be a nice pickup for a team that is in thinks they're in quasi contention for the last playoff spot. And he went to Notre Dame. So he could hang out with Chase Claypool and Cole Komet. It'll all work out. And, and Equiminius St. Brown. It'll all work out. I think we can cut Equiminius St. Brown just from the from hanging out. I don't think he's – he needs no. to – he needs to do more you don't for like him the, to be allowed to hang out. You don't like the ball going right through his hands on fourth down when it's an easy first down? Whoops, game's over. He might have been held earlier in the play, but that still doesn't excuse him. He's a good blocker. Well, he hey, literally rates out as the best run blocker of any wide receiver this year in the NFL. Is that pro football focus saying yeah, that? Yeah, some bullshit like that. Um, 
But when your quarterback's running for 180 yards, it does come in handy. But it right. would be nice if, if uh, uh, I call him Equanimous uh, because Jim Miller called him that in the preseason. Called him, <laughs> called him Equanimous St. Brown. The best Bears quarterback of my lifetime, I think, Jim Miller. Probably. Uh, then we get a run on um, on pitchers here. We could take them as a group. Uh, Chris Bassett, Taiwan Walker, Tyler Anderson, and Jameson Tyon. Tyler Anderson cost you like a third-round pick in addition to the money. I'm not sure about the about Tyon. I don't know. Two years ago, I wasn't that impressed with Tyler Anderson. I mean, he had a great year, but I don't know. Are they, aren't the Dodgers going to sign any of their own players? Nah, they got a whole they got a whole bunch of new ones. They'll just pull out of nowhere, like Tyler Anderson. Right. Yeah, I mean, time. they got to keep some of these guys other than Kershaw. <clears throat> um. I looked at Tyler and thought, now there's a guy, if the Dodgers don't make him an aggressive offer, then he's one of those guys that the Cubs could woo with the pitch lab. (laughs) Yes. You know, Tyler, you know, we got the same magic cameras that the Dodgers do. Look what they did. They they turned your career around. Actually, he kind of turned his career around in the the pandemic here with the Giants. Getting out of Colorado. And getting pitching on sea level with a team with a franchise that knows how to develop pitchers helped. Right. Then he had the weird year where he split between where was he? Pittsburgh and Seattle. Yeah, ended with the Mariners. And then was fifteen and five with a two fifty seven for the Dodgers. Um, they won one hundred eleven games. I think I could have won fifteen for him. Now the Cubs tried to sign Taiwan. In fact, they thought they they thought they had him. Um, when he left, when he left the Diamondbacks, so this would have been t- the off season before 2020. Theo gave the charm offensive to Taiwan and thought he was going to get him, but Taiwan decided to go back to Seattle, where he had been uh, number, but a first round draft pick. Um, so I don't know if that means the Cubs are still interested in him or not. But he was better this year than I thought. He was 12 and 5 with a 349. And he's only started out really good. And he's only 29 years old. Yeah. And he's huge. I don't know, that doesn't really help, but still. He's got a cool name. He's got, you know, he fits one of your Yes, Taiwan is a cool name, yeah. And uh what is he? He's a Taipei personality. What was the what was Boris? Yeah, that about? wasn't the pun, but that we could do that pun. Yeah. Somebody's got to pay. The same kind of thing with Walker, though. It's uh, the, don't the Mets have to keep one of these guys too? They gotta well, right. I mean, Rom and Bassett and Walker all leave. They got to keep somebody. They got to. Right. They got a few starts to make up. Maybe he doesn't go anywhere. He might not, although you'd figure that they would probably only keep one of he, him or Bassett. He or Bassett. One of him. Him or Bassett. So why do people think uh, they're not going to re-sign DeGrom? 
Do people really think that? I mean, I, I, I guess I've seen it. Or but... is it just dopey baseball fans like, we can get Jacob DeGrom. He'll come play for us. I think... Because if you're the Steve only thing... Cohen and you're spending all that money on Scherzer, why would just you... Spend $100 million on a relief pitcher. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just keep paying and get two or three more years of DeGrom and then... The, the, the can... degenerative scapula is the only reason That's I can true. think of that, that could be. makes sense. I think uh, Steve Cohen's like checking out the x-rays himself. Right. In his oh, office. Yeah. He's got the, I don't know. What, is, what does this look like to you? I don't know. <laughs> I just came to take out the garbage. No, look at this. What is this? <laughs> Does that look like a degenerative scapula to you? Yeah, if you've seen one, you've seen them all. Uh, and kind of the same thing with Tyon. Like, shouldn't the Yankees keep him? Somebody's got to start for them. The Yankees went through a bunch of years there where they didn't, and in a way they still didn't have enough pitching, but they really didn't have enough pitching for a number of years there where they were just, they would put anybody up there and expect it to work. And they had some nice depth in their, in the rotation of some number four type starters. And he was one of them. So I think, uh, you know, if they, if they figure, well, we're getting Severino for a full season and we have uh, Domingo, uh, Herman, that maybe we can uh, lose the tie-on. Well, yeah, and then they made the trade. They made that trade deadline trade um, where they shipped one of their better starters off to get Harrison Bader, and we all laughed. <laughs> How stupid! And then Harrison hit like uh, eight home runs in the playoffs or some ridiculous. He did uh, all of, in one at bat. I think it was amazing. <laughs> no, it was. Uh, yeah, that was looking like a terrible trade, and it turned out to be good. Got to give Brian Cashman his props. All right, then the last two guys on my list, uh, I think, sum up uh, just how weak the outfield um, market is outside of uh, the 6'7 guy who hit 62 home runs and the great Brandon Nimmo. Michael Conforto and Andrew Benintendi. Right. And Conforto's coming off, I want to say, shoulder surgery. He's probably got a rickety scapula. Right. Maybe he caught it from DeGrom. They, they, shared, a, they shared a bathroom together, so who knows? <laughs> yeah, so he had... He had four pretty good years in a row. Then he had a, he wasn't very good in 21, and then he was out. And you kind of wonder how much of the 21 season was, hey, I got a bad shoulder. Right. So now Scott Boris is his agent. So I'm sure that's what Scott is selling everybody on. No, 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 no. He'd have been, he was, we, here, look at this. I got page 19 of the binder. Look at this. <laughs> right. He would have hit 48 home runs except for the bad shoulder. Now it's fixed. Yeah, it's right huh? there. Huh? Look at that. Look at that. Uh, and then Benintendi, uh, I forgot he got traded to the Yankees. Well, because he played for about a week, and he then got, uh, he, he was hurt. He didn't play after September 2nd. Right. For a while, uh, Bader had the same disease, not play, the, the not playing disease, and then the, the season lasted long enough, and he, he came back. So Benintendi's a, a, an odd player to me. He... Um, He's small, 
It's like 5'9". He hit 20 homers in 2017. In the five years since, he has hit 51. Right. You get a lot of singles. But he is an all-star. He was an all-star once. Just like Ian Happ. But he doesn't have a gold glove. Like Ian Happ does. Uh, didn't he get one last year? Oh, did he? Well, good. They're the same guy then. Because they were almost... The Cubs were actually going to pick Benintendi. But the Mets got him uh, two picks before there. So they took Happ. Uh, yeah, he 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 had a gold glove two years ago with the Royals, or one year ago. Now there you go, twenty twenty one, same guy. Seventeen home runs too. I don't remember any of. I remember like one. Yeah, but, and he doesn't really run anymore. Yeah, he he's got twenty stolen bases a bunch of times, but <clears throat> not more than. Uh, not more than double digits the last couple of years. Of course, one of those years was a COVID year, so it doesn't count. But and he hardly played. But he doesn't run like he used to. He gets on base, and he can catch the ball. I'm not sure if he can throw it. Yeah. Well, not yeah. <laughs> That's the know. thing about Conforto too. I'm not. Even though he's he had been a good offensive player, I don't think he's a very good right fielder. So of course it makes sense that the White Sox would still be interested yep. in. Yep. He's added to the collection of. Guys who can't catch. All right, so we got to the end of this exercise. I, I spent the Cubs' money, and here's what I here's what I bought them. Yeah, I spent a lot of their money because they have it. So I signed Xander Bogarts and Kodai. Yeah. And Trey Mancini. Yeah. And Christian Vasquez. I thought I could get cheap. Right. And I signed Craig Kimbrell. Oh, no. Yes. Here's why. The last time he was worth a shit was when he was a Cub. He's His market can't be good. So I figured right. we can go, hey, Craig, remember remember when we had you and we put you used the magic cameras and you were good? Here's a here's an incentive-laden contract. Why don't you come be our closer? And if you suck, we don't really have to pay you. He did have a, a good couple of weeks with the Dodgers when he trade when he changed his intro song to let, to it, the, let to it go. Let it go. Yeah. But then yeah, he's not. He can't let it go that. after that point. Yeah, he can't he, do that. He can't do that yeah. with the uh, Cubs. I won't allow that. We we got we yeah. had to put up with years of uh, Ben Zobris, uh, now ex wife, screaming over the loudspeaker every time he batted. So that's it. That guys don't even get to pick their own songs anymore. Now she's screaming, thanks to the uh, the Reverend, yep. whoever that was, Deacon, the Deacon Deacon. Well, there you go. So yeah, had a nice rundown of uh, of eight. They're all top heavy. Any good free agent class, I think, is top heavy. Yeah, lucky yeah. if you get a few impact players, and then then you get the rest. Um, so the last thing I was mentioning to you before we went on that uh, HBO, at least HBO Max, I think it's, I'm sure it's on HBO too, has a has a Willie Mays documentary, and um, you're in it. You learn uh, all kinds of stuff. Um, you learn that uh, he is uh, this. I don't think is uh, I think everybody knows this, but he's uh, Barry Bonds' godfather. Right. You get a lot of Barry. 
Barry sat for an interview and they talked to him a lot. And it's really good. Like, you come away with it. Like, you know, Barry seems like a pretty good guy, even though yeah. he's not, we know. Um, uh, they had to go to Bob Costas. Right. You can't can't have a documentary without Bob Costas talking to you. And I'm sure there is footage they didn't use of Costas for 20 minutes talking about how Mickey Mantle was better. Because <laughs> you know he did it. Um, Dusty makes a cameo. Yeah. I thought we'd get more Dusty than we did, but that was fine. Didn't get a lot of Dusty. Maybe um, in the director's cut. So Willie is 92. Mm-hmm. And they have a current interview with Willie that they cut to quite a bit. And he's still super lucid. Like, it was nice to... Like, he was telling stories, and... Um, the one thing that he didn't do that I miss was... Whenever... Um, they talk in it about how after they signed Barry... The, after the Giants signed Barry... No, actually, right before. Um when the the new ownership took over after the 92 season they first thing they did was they brought Willie back they gave him a lifetime contract to just be a consultant and hang around and then yep. they coincidentally then when it, when Barry Bonds became a free agent they had Willie Mays mm-hmm. and his godfather there to uh, try to help try to recruit him um, there's a lot of footage of Willie like standing around the batting cage and doing stuff with Barry and this is the Willie I remember um, he wears his glasses <laughs> on his forehead yes like all the time like you never see them actually over his eyes so it's not like he's propping them up because he needs to like get quick access to them they're just is on that the where William Gunslinger wore them <laughs> <laughs> that's where that's where Willie got it he's a big fan yeah. of the uh, the trial of Chicago 7 so he right. wore his glasses up here um, so I like that. I like a lot of shots of Willie with his glasses on his forehead. Mm-hmm. So that was right in my element. Um, Reggie Jackson gives an impassioned defense of the World Series game in 73 where Willie kept falling down. Yeah. Outfield. <laughs> because Reggie was playing center for the A's that day and basically blamed it on national TV and having to play, he said, the Oakland Coliseum is pointed in the wrong direction. And the time we were playing, he said, you had the freaking sun in your eyes. He said, somehow the entire game. And now Reggie talked about how he almost played a, a base hit into a triple. He said, yeah, well, Reggie, we remember, you know, you weren't exactly the slick. You, weren't, you were no Willie Mays hey, in the outfield. We didn't bring you out here for your glove. It's pretty good. I uh, I give it a. It's not a must watch. Yeah, um, but if you got nothing better to do, you can spend ninety minutes of your life learning. Which about often I don't. Yes. Um, and, and to uh, sort of back up that anecdote, the uh, I don't remember ex- if it was seventy three, but one of those World Series with the A's, <clears throat> there is a when they had the old NFL film style uh, review of the World Series in those days for Rain Delay Theater, there was some game where, like, everybody lost. You know, Joe Rudy was just losing balls left and right in the outfield, like, every play. So um, 
you know, maybe Reggie was just trying to, to, to defend the old man, but according to recorded history at the time, it was a tough outfield. So I'm going to give, I'm going to give Reggie the benefit of the doubt that that's why Willie was falling down. Well, and the other thing that it, uh, Reggie pointed out is um, the game went into extra innings and Willie got the game winning hit. He got the big hit. Yeah. People know people don't talk about that part. It's always him being out at the plate and his, you know, that look on his face, like why me and, Yogi Bear going out to defend him, which is just all kind of surreal. And uh... well, and that play was, um, he was on deck. Yeah, and Bud Harrelson was trying to score, and he was right. safe. It was a bad call, right. and Willie ran over to argue with the ump, and that's where that famous picture yeah. is of Willie like right. on his knees, and the ump is on his knees, and they're like, they show the replay. And when you see it happen, without when it, when you actually see the thing happen, it although it looks like they I, I didn't I gotta check the box score. It looks like the ump tossed Willie <laughs> for arguing with him. Right. Um, but like it's not. Yeah, you see that famous picture and you feel like oh god, there's poor Willie. Like you know, the old poor old man is on his knees. Right. Well, no, he was he got down at the ump's level to scream at him. That's why he's on right. his knees right in front of him. Well, the, the damn media really used that against him. Yeah, well, you know, damn. And then Costas tells the story at the towards the end of it of that game went uh, that series went seven games, and Willie didn't start didn't play in game seven, and the Mets were down three runs in the ninth, and got two on with two outs, and um, they you could have pinch hit Willie Mays. I forget who passed. Someone of not of great renown actually took the at bat. Right. And uh, Costas claimed he asked Willie about it one time. He said, did you think, would you have wanted to bat? and Or would you would you want a chance? And Willie said, I I had grabbed a bat. Hmm. Like he was ready to go. But his career ended with him sitting on the bench in the Mets losing the World Series. So Wayne Garrett could get one more shot or whatever. That might have, that might have literally been who it was. <laughs> I know these guys from the, uh, it's before my... I mean, technically, I was alive, but... Yep, it was Wayne uh, Garrett. <laughs> I was kidding. They should have pinched it, Willie Mays. Jeez. So who would the... Let's see. Who would the GOAT have been? Let's see, because... Darren Johnson was the A's first baseman with two outs in the bottom of the ninth in Game 7. He made an error on an Ed Cranepool ground ball. Mm-hmm. That put that brought the tying run up, and it could have been Willie Mays or Wayne Garrett. It was Wayne Garrett, and he was that Darren Johnson who became the Red Sox manager. It, it's D E R O N. Is that him? Maybe. It looks like him. <laughs> it looks grumpy. Oh, I don't see. Oof, played for a lot of teams. <laughs> Yeah, that was him, and yep. no different. Uh, no, it is. I don't. Yeah, I don't see a manager link. It's a different Darren Johnson. Yeah. That's weird. Well, all right. Those people who got to the end of this podcast are like, "It's great. I'm glad you guys spent five minutes talking about the 1973 World Series." 
Daryl Johnson. Daryl. Right? Right. His other brother, Daryl. His, his other brother, yeah. All right. Well, we'll see how the uh, how the offseason uh, plays out. Um, you kind of wonder if having a, a CBA now, at least for the next few years, um, for the last few years before this, we hadn't, nothing happened. Right. Until like January, February, which sucks. It's boring. Yeah, spread these signings out. So somebody needs to do something. Hopefully Especially we'll last year. We got really screwed. We got really screwed on our off season last year. It it was it was four days long. Right. It was and two it was days in March. It was the day before the lockout when everybody when they spent a shitload of money. And then it was like right. three days after the lockout. And that was it. All right. Well thanks, David. Thank you, Andy. Many of us have herpes. I just wanted this to be over.